this is why I, I love what I do for a living, because that song right there, which is, yes, the, a remake of the classic Simon and Garfunkel song, The Sound of Silence, it's by a band called Disturbed. We're talking this morning about songs that give you goosebumps, and someone wrote in and mentioned this one, and so we listened to it and thought, this is a great song. I might have to add this to my playlist. Our Scott Schatz is with us this morning. What about you, Scott? Uh, this one doesn't do it for me, oh, but, but I, mean, I mean, I love Simon and Garfunkel, obviously. I just don't, and I do like Disturbed. I just don't know that I like this combo. I don't know. It's just not oh, me. I love it. it. Right away, as soon as I heard it, I thought, oh, I get it. I get it with yeah. this song. Yeah, there definitely are some versions of songs done like that that I, I absolutely love, but for just this this example is not is not one of these. <laughs> okay, well, I'll before give you we... A, here's one that does. Okay. Ghost of Tom Joad by Rage Against the Machine. A Bruce Springsteen song covered by okay. Rage Against the Machine. Same idea. I was trying to think of an example. There's one. Let me run through a bunch that I have been getting from people. Carla wrote to say hers is a little bit offbeat. She said this gives her goosebumps. It's emotional. It's not one that you'd hear on the radio, she said. I get it, Carla. It's the uh, theme from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. By John Williams. So great. (laughs) So great. Just those trumpets, (laughs) the horns, when they start going, it just gives her the giddy chills. I get that. There's so many movie soundtracks that are like that. Uh, Karen wrote to say uh, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Okay, and by the Cal- Nylons. Yep, and Calypso by John Denver. I okay. get that. John Denver, for sure. Beth said Heroes, David Bowie. Oh, my gosh. Great the choice, The Peter Beth. Gabriel cover. Have you heard the Peter Gabriel cover of it? Yes. Incredible. But I, I love the David Bowie version. And Scott, Scott said, with my mom's passing two years ago, the song that gave me so much comfort, says Scott, was Melissa Manchester's Midnight Blue. Okay. And so, Scott, I understand that my mom's favorite was Downtown Train by Rod Stewart. And oh. even today, when that song comes on, I get a little weepy when that song comes Mom loves Rod Stewart too. That song so reminds true. me of her as well. It's right? funny how it does that. And I'm, I've got to read what Grant wrote me. And Grant said, I love all music, mostly a rocker, says Grant. But when I heard your question, this was the first song I thought of, maybe a little offbeat, Grant says, Rainbow Connection. <laughs> Do you know the song? No. Oh, Scott. Scott doesn't know Rainbow Connection. We're going to key that up for you. We'll have it for you in a few minutes, and it's going to be a surprise for you. In the meantime, we're talking about grocery store shelves this morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's always paying attention to how much things are costing right now because inflation and all of that, right? Well, there was this story last week about Kleenex departing Canada, right? We all saw that story. And uh, I caught this really interesting article in the Globe and Mail. It's titled, What Kleenex's Canadian Exit Reveals About Our Grocery store sector's lack of competition. And it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh, I go to the grocery store. It doesn't, f- I mean, there, there's a million different options for all of the different things that you want to buy. But when you compare our grocery stores to somewhere like the States, you kind of realize that, yes, we definitely have a lack of competition. Just to give you an example, Kleenex was in second place with 15% of the market. Scotty's was in first place with 35% of the market when it comes to facial tissue. And that's enough difference the second place competitor cannot stay in the market, right? And I found that shocking that it's like, you're a huge company and you're not big enough to, to, to stay in Canada. That's crazy. It's super crazy. So the author of this article, his name is David Silverman, and he is a marketing professor from the University of Toronto, and he wrote about this. So I asked him to just kind of like explain to me how competition in grocery stores works. Well, um, Stores obviously have to have a good selection of products in order for consumers to go there. And I think typically with grocery stores, that's the context in which people expect uh, a selection of products. And so 
depending on the category, you'll have several brands, and this way people can find something that meets their needs. But there are certain categories that are more commodity-like, where there's less differences between the products. And in many of these categories, the retailers themselves have created private label brands, like Selection, or President's Choice, or Compliments. And they have similar products, which are competing with well-known what we call national brands. And in that context, unless you're the biggest national brand, it's pretty difficult to maintain your position on the shelf because the retailers themselves are pushing their own private label. And this is one of the reasons that Kleenex has had a hard time. So for a brand like Kleenex, uh, another one that you mentioned in the article is is Skippy Peanut Butter. Like, are they not making any money in Canada or is it just not enough money to to stay here? You have to think that it, they, these are huge companies and huge brands. They're not like, are they not making any money? Well, I think the thing to remember is that retailers also, because they're in such a powerful position, are able to demand listing fees, and they are also able to negotiate quite fiercely when it comes to wholesale prices. And so if you're in a situation where your brand is not one of the top sellers, first of all, that makes the cost per listing more expensive because it's amortized over a smaller volume. The other thing is retailers, of course, want to valorize their shelf space. And if they have uh, three facings of Scotties that are generating, I don't know, let's say 600 sales per day. And they have three facings of Kleenex that are generating 300 uh, sales per day. They're going to demand a lower wholesale price from Kleenex because what they want to do is make sure that they're maximizing the profitability all across the shelf. And so that puts extra pressure on a brand that is in second place in terms of lowering their wholesale price. So all of these things, it gets to the point where you're wondering, am I making money? And I think at some point you you decide, well, listen, this just isn't worth it anymore. This category is not a place for making money and you pull out. So if a, a brand is like in second place and the second place brand can't make it in a, or it's not profitable for them to make it in a place like Canada, it, it just really feels like there's only this one you know, company or one brand that has so much of the market share. And, and while it seems pretty obvious, can you talk about how and like why that is a bad thing for Canadians for us to not have, you know, a steady amount of competition in these sectors? Well, it's interesting. It becomes a sort of a, a difficult issue uh, to think about when we actually assess the, uh, quality of what people can buy based on simply the number of choices that they have. Because what has happened in recent years is the number of private label options have actually increased. So if you go into a Loblaws, you're going to see various types of President's Choice product. And so while there may be less uh, national brands available, Consumers essentially are going to have the same choice. But as I mentioned in the article, this sort of speaks to another issue, which is I think the big problem that we have in our Canadian supermarkets is not the degree of choice that we have, but the price that we're paying 
and the fact that there's insufficient competition. That's a different issue. And now when you take a look at this uh, dynamic that's going on, what you can see is there may be one national brand <clears throat> in a category like facial tissue, and you have a bunch of private label choices. And that sounds like it's okay, but the only thing is, remember, the retailer has tremendous power because they control the pricing and the shelf location of the private label brand. And so are we as Canadians getting competitive prices when we go to buy in a category like facial tissues? Probably not. And that's why I think we should be concerned. Right. And is there anything that we as Canadians can do in, in our spending and in our grocery shopping that can make a difference? If you are willing to shop around for lower prices, that puts pressures on retailers to be more competitive. In some sense, a little bit of extra effort by consumers, maybe an extra shopping trip or two. Probably that is the sort of thing that may discipline retailers to be a little less aggressive with their pricing. That's David Soberman. He's a Canadian National Chair in Strategic Marketing at the Rotman School of Management. That's at University of Toronto. I find that quite insightful, you know, about how our grocery and grocery bills and grocery stores work together. It just it's a sort of a peek behind the curtain to like the system, you know, of the I, whole thing. I would argue that there has been too much merging of multinational conglomerates in the food industry. No question. Because they just take products willy-nilly out of countries. Like, for instance, I've been trying to find Nilla wafers. Right. Can't find them anywhere. Apparently, they discontinued them in Canada. So I, I, I want them. I have to go down to the States and get them, which is ridiculous to me. Totally. And they and then they replace it with something similar of their own brand, and you have no choice. Exactly. It's, it's unfortunate.